0: Just because it's designed to be more of this executive model or you hear the terminology semi absentee, it doesn't mean that you don't have to do the work and you don't have to have some level of involvement. The more time you're willing to put in in the beginning, the better of a foundation you're going to have for your business.
1: Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Wes Barefoot. How are you, my friend? Doing great, Rick. How's it going, man? It's going well. Listen, it was good to see you a couple months ago, and I'm seeing less of you now. It looked like you might have lost some body <laughs> fat. Is that, is that the case?
0: That's the case, man. I'm working on it. I've got a ways to go still, but I'm um, working on it. Um, still trying to be you when I grow up, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm old enough to be your pappy, so I think it's a good goal for you. Actually, like it would make sense. And look, we'll have you back on since you're on this journey. We had a little bit of pre-podcast conversation about it. Um, you know, like, look, you you've hired an online coach, and you're on the right path, and it's exactly what we would prescribe from Alloy. So, can't wait to see where you end up. We'll have you back on for a third time and talk about your journey there and how all that yeah. looks. But
0: yeah, it's been today, good so far. Man,
1: since you're a man of many talents. I think today, um, I want to pick your brain and get your thoughts on something that you have a lot of experience with. So for those of you guys that don't remember Wes from the first time he was on the podcast, he is a franchise consultant with FranChoice, which is a fantastic organization. I think we get around 80% of our consultant leads from FranChoice, so they are a huge source of business for us. Quality people all the way around. Wes is one of my favorite dudes, not just because he does that, but he's just a good guy all around. We see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. But the interesting yep. thing about Wes is not only is he a franchise consultant, so he's finding um, good placements, you know, opportunities for his investors um, in the franchise space. He's also a franchisee himself, and he's got a long history of entrepreneurship as well. So I wanted to have him on. And Wes, um, I'd like to discuss the, the character traits of a successful franchisee. You've obviously placed a lot of people in franchises. You are a franchisee. You has got a very unique lens on this thing. Um, so I'd love to just pick your brain about that. So, you know, I know that um, I gave you a bit of a heads up. So you might have some some ideas in mind. But let's dig in. What do you think makes a really good franchisee?
0: Yeah, I love this topic. I was excited when, you know, you asked if I'd come come and and talk with you again, and, and that this was kind of the topic that you wanted to talk about, because it's you know, in my experience, some of it's like, it's going to sound real basic, right? Like common sense, but people still get it wrong as franchisees. And then some of it, you know, I think is a little bit counterintuitive to what some people, uh, you know, may think what, what a successful franchisee should be doing. So, um, and like you mentioned, just to give a little more context in terms of, you know, me as a franchisee. So my wife and I are currently franchisees with two different brands. So we've got we've had two stabs at this at this point. Um one one franchise we are coming up on 5 years in business. Um been a very successful venture for us and I would consider ourselves good franchisees in that business. And and I'll elaborate more on, you know, what I mean by good franchisee. The the second brand that we invested in, we are coming up on 2 years in business. So, you know, this is is a more recent venture for us. And I would say that we have not been as good of franchisees in this business. And, you know, the business itself is doing fairly well, but in terms of me and and my wife as the franchise owners, um, I don't think that we are, are, have done as good of a job as we did with our first one. And and we can maybe get into some of why that is. But um, so anyways... The first thing I would say to, to anyone out, out there that is a franchise owner or is considering franchise ownership, you know, keys to being successful. First thing is realistic expectations. And this is where I think it may be a bit counterintuitive for some, or I think some people just come in with unrealistic expectations of what it means to be a franchisee and what they are getting, you know, when they buy into a franchise system. So, you know, the first thing under this kind of realistic expectations uh, category is, look, at the end of the day, it's a business still, right? So there's no replacement for hard work. There's no replacement for grit, right? Any entrepreneur out there, franchise owner or not, will tell you it's the freaking roller coaster, right? It's an emotional roller coaster. You're going to have good days. You're going to have you know, okay days and you're going to have some really crappy days and and hopefully you have far more of the great days than you do the crappy days. But like those crappy days will be there. Uh, that's a reality. And there's no way around that. Buying a franchise doesn't avoid any of that entirely, right? It can... You know, certainly help you avoid making mistakes that you very likely would make if you didn't have the guidance and kind of the blueprint to follow. You know that the the franchisor has has already established. Um, but there's no replacement for hard work. It's not the franchisor's job to come in and build your business for you, right? I think some people, you know, they they think of a franchise and they think it's just this, you know, this easy button that they can hit it and boom they've got a profitable business. And in some ways it is a bit of an easy button, right? I I kind of just think of as you're working smarter instead of like really, really hard. There's still a lot of hard work, but you are working smarter in the sense that you're following, you know, this, this blueprint, you've got systems and processes, and there's a variety of different support mechanisms that, that the franchise or should have in place. Um, so I think you know one way to maybe give a little perspective to this I have a really good friend and mentor um you know him Rick Dave Pasgan um you know I've learned so much from this guy over the years and um he he was the CEO of the first franchise brand that I went to work for this is way back in my career before you know we owned franchises and and I was doing consulting work and you know Dave used to tell prospective franchisees when they were coming in for Discovery Day, you know, for this brand. he would give this analogy of you know how franchising works, and I think it's a really good description, but he would he called it the bike analogy, right? So if you imagine a bicycle, um there's all different types of bikes, right? You've got road bikes, you've got cruisers, you've got bikes that are built for racing or speed. so you know, that's kind of an analogy in that you've got tons of different types of franchises out there, right? You've got these different business models, these different vehicles, right? So what's the right bike for one person's not necessarily going to be the right bike for someone else. So, you know, that's a whole nother podcast episode, right? In terms of, you know, finding the right bike for you or the right franchise for you. But, you know, if you're looking at it as a bike, it's the franchisor's job to build the best damn bike that they can right to make it sturdy to make it reliable all the bells and whistles you know they've got to make a really really good bike but at the end of the day it doesn't matter how good of a bike you have if if no one gets on it and pedals it it doesn't go anywhere right so it's the franchisee's job to get on the bike and pedal it right and you know i'm sure you're seeing this as your uh you know brand continues to grow and you have more and more franchisees i see this in the brands that we own where not every franchisee is as good of a peddler as others or is willing to pedal as hard as other franchisees right so you got you know franchise owners that all essentially own the same bike right but some of them go faster some of them go further than others because they're willing to get on it and pedal their ass off right so
1: yeah I think let me ask you about that right because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my thought but It's really interesting that you say that. So I think one of the things that maybe we could have done better early on is I love the bike analogy. We probably could have communicated that better. Um, (laughs) You know, I think when you look at it, like we have great franchisees. And to your point, some are Lance Armstrong and some are with training wheels. And that's fine, dude. That's part of the process, right? But I think there is the you run the risk as a being on the franchisor side, if you're not careful of of communicating that you're basically running their business, which we're not. And I think we were surprised in some cases, not all, but some cases to hear things that would indicate that maybe the franchisees expectations were that there was a lot of business functions that they should be doing that we would handle on their behalf and i think we were a little taken aback by it early on like wait what like why would you think that we would be you know responsible for doing that it's it's your business and i'm saying that air quotes but it is so yeah. i like the bike analogy i think we've experienced that as well so maybe the, the follow-up question i have to that is how culpable or what responsibility do you think the franchisor has like me as an example to communicate that well to the franchisee, because expectations, as you know, Wes, are everything. So if we go in yeah. saying, you don't have to do this, you don't have to, we're going to handle all that. You know, like we run us, we, one of our features is we have a great pre-sale. Like, you know, we're going to pre-sell the gym full. We're going to do this. We have a sales team. If you choose to hire us, we can even do your phone sales. I mean, all these things are in place, but we have to be careful with that because like it eventually it's a 10 year agreement. Like you're going to have to get in there and run your business. You know, yeah. and we've given you all the tools to do so. So what what would you recommend to me as a franchisor or maybe to any franchisees that are in a situation where they they have these expectations is some of that could franchisors do a better job of communicating, and I guess, would be my question to you. Selfishly.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I think it's a really good question. And, you know, first thing I'll say is I, I chuckled a little bit when you like, I think we could have done better, you know, of this early on. That's every franchisor right like okay. every franchisor or that, that i've worked with like in the early days when they're really just getting started and trying to recruit that first wave of franchisees like yeah it's it's difficult to to properly set the expectations right and you know you are you know hungry to get those first franchisees in so you're you know really trying to kind of sell them on why you're going to be such a good partner for them Um, so anyways, I think that's normal and, and good brands like, like alloy, you know, I know how dedicated you are to learning and improving and, and always getting better. So, you know, you're figuring these things out way earlier than, than a lot of brands do. I can promise you that. So that's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of expectations, I think, um, just being as clear and, and as realistic as possible, right. Because the, the temptation is there to, you know, to some extent, sugarcoat things a little bit when you're talking to a prospective franchisee. So I think the more raw that you can be with them in terms of like, look, here's here's the great things of this business. Here's where, you know, we as the franchisor can really, really excel in helping you as the franchisee. But here's the things we're not in as good of a position to help with right? And so this is where we need you as the franchisee to be really really strong. So I think, you know, one thing is I know this is something I spend a lot of time with the candidates that I I coach through my process, you know, before we ever start talking about specific franchise brands or even specific industries really, we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, what did they want their day-to-day life as a business owner to look like and what are the types of activities they would prefer to spend most of their time on and what are the types of things they'd rather not have to do because you know doesn't play to their strengths or their skill sets or they simply don't enjoy it right so I think you know for you guys as a franchisor you know you have a good sense of what are the best activities that your franchisees should be spending the majority of their time and energy on so hit them with that in the face and don't sugarcoat it Right. Because, right. you know, if you know, like, hey, this is where 90 percent of our franchise owners time should be spent because that's where they're going to get the best ROI on their time. Like they need to know that. And if they're not comfortable with that because it isn't, you know, they're playing into their strengths or they they wouldn't enjoy it like much better that they figure that out before they've signed a, a franchise agreement with you and, and wired you a bunch of money for franchise fees. Better for yeah. you, too. Right. Um, no,
1: 100%. I would say, um, you know, to your point early on, you know, I was handling all franchise development right now. We yeah. work with the Repham Group as our episode, and they do a great job of it. And I think early on, you know, there's just so much intimacy there. And and it was probably my fault if there was some false expectations set. Um, now, that being said, a lot of those folks are killing it and have owned it. But some right. of the comments from the ones that might have struggled early on, even in the transition of learning to become entrepreneurs coming out of big corporate, and it's like, it's a different animal, right? that certain skill sets that you need. And so it was just a learning curve. And to your point, um, it doesn't take us long to figure things out. And so we, our message is completely different now, knowing you know what three, four months in looks like, um, where someone's like, oh, you know, I thought you guys would do that. I'm like, why would you think? It's like, I don't have to do that anymore because there's clear expectations. It's like, yeah. you have to hire and lead the right people. I'm going to give you a million tools to help you. At the end of the day, you can still screw it up. Fair enough, and they're like fair enough. I'm like great because this is your baby, this is your business, you know. So I'm glad to hear you say that, and you're right. It it, like your your uh, you know inclination about where we kind of started for the first like 20 or so that I sold, um, that was exactly what happened, and we've already remedied that, um, you know, in a in a great way. So I'm glad to hear that we're not abnormal. That makes sense, and
0: yeah, not at all. And and I, I would say you guys are far ahead of so many brands, you know, in terms of just what what you know um you know if you look at the number of locations um that you have open and in development there there's brands that have far more locations than you guys that are still trying to figure out you know some of the stuff so you guys are light years ahead in in a lot of ways i think um you know one kind of i guess follow up to that you know your question what can the franchise or do like now you're at a point where you've got franchisees that you can lean on to help with this too. Right. You know, we know how important uh, being able to validate with existing owners is for, for a candidate, right. It's a big part of how they're going to get some of their questions answered and they're going to get, you know, confident that, you know, the, the franchise could be a good fit for them, but you know, you can use that in your, to your advantage as a franchisor as well, you know, because your franchisees, should be, you know, self-regulating to an extent, right? Where if they talk to someone and they just really get the sense that that person doesn't get it, or they're there, they don't have realistic expectations for what they're going to have to do to be successful in the business. Like your franchisees can give you a heads up on that, right? And yeah. so and, and, and we've had a, that,
1: right? I mean, obviously, yeah. we're validating. And folks, as you know, go through the FTD. call everybody in the system. Like, that's the advice. But we're probably going to put you on the phones with the ones that we feel like can communicate well. And they didn't always start out great. They might have started out a bit lumpy. And then now, they've, you know, they've got a full facility. And, I, I mean, look, it's a good story. Like, if you open making money, regardless, even if it's hard, it's still a good story to tell. But the hard yeah. part, to your point, I think you said the word grit um, you're going to have to have it. I mean, it's not for wimps. It's like, it's, we're going to mitigate as much risk as possible. You're far more likely to be successful in a franchise than if you go it alone. That being said, it's still hard. And like, so what? Like, you know, you're on a weight loss journey. It's like we talked about before. You're like, yeah, people are underwhelmed at how simple it can be, but it's still not easy, simple, but not easy. Right. And I think it's the same thing with business. Like we're going to give you a turnkey model. Alloy is a very simple model to understand. And we work really hard to make it that way. doesn't mean it's easy. You still have to hire people. There's people involved. There's customers that are people. There's people that work with you that are people. All those things are difficult. They're not static. People are hard.
0: People are hard. My wife and I joke all the time. We're like, like, man, if we didn't have customers or employees, this (laughs) business ownership thing would be pretty easy, you know? Right. You see that first uh, first
1: McDonald's that's fully automated now. um, It's kind of like, all right, well, maybe food goes there, you know? And it's like, yeah, sounds great, but uh, that's not most businesses. And it certainly isn't ours. So like you said, you're going to have to deal with people and the best way i've heard you know entrepreneurship described is it's a self help journey disguised as a business and so your business is probably only going to grow as far as you can grow right so yeah, plan on. yeah, yeah. like we we teach we we use the EOS that you know from traction we use the EOS system we yep. teach it to our franchisees so we do Love like that. We do a phone call before the uh, investor goes out to hire folks so that they have the lens on the get it once it has capacity for it. that whole idea matches all our core values. And then when they come to training, we have an EOS implementer come out and teach a half day here for not only the investor, but the operating partner who's going to be running the thing. Right. So we do our best to give you all the tools. But to your point, Wes, At the end of the day, you got to be wired the right way. You got to be tough, and you got to be able to suck it up and understand that not every day is, is sunshine and roses. But the juice is worth the squeeze. But you still have to work hard.
0: Yeah. When that that right there with the the recruiting piece and and you know implementing EOS and and building a culture around that, like that that's such a good example of where like you guys is the franchisor. That's a that's an added feature and benefit of the bicycle, right? And that's a really, really nice feature to have. But it's still up to the franchisee to use that feature and implement right. it in their business, <laughs> right? You can right. tee it up for them, dude. Like, hey, here's EOS. We send an implementer out, dude. To we work put a basket you. on the front of the bike. Just go put your stuff in there. Yeah, but you got exactly put stuff right. In there. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I'll I'll leave this last point. You know, in, in terms of just the realistic expectations with, with one final thought. This is from another mentor of mine. Um, this guy's owned at least six or seven different franchise businesses over the years. He's had non-franchise businesses, he's been the CEO of a franchise system. So, you know, pretty well-rounded perspective, I would say. Um, you know, and something he said to me many times that's really stuck with me is Wes, it's not the franchisor's responsibility to make you be successful, right? The franchisor cannot prevent you from being successful. They can only help you be more successful. And the context that he was sharing that in is he got into a franchise where he was literally like franchisee number two or number three, and they got up to like seven or eight franchisees. And then the franchisor just decided... I I don't want to be a franchisor. I don't want to support the franchisees. They never sold another franchise. They never really delivered on any of the support that they were supposed to, yet he's still paying these royalties and everything. And he built that business. He hated every minute of it, but he built that business and sold it for a multiple. Um, And it just really kind of proved the point that, you know, the franchisor can't keep you, from being successful, they should be there to help you be more successful and to help facil- uh, facilitate these things like we've talked about. but um, at the end of the day, it's not their responsibility to to make you successful because they're not there to do the work for you.
1: Yeah, you know, I love hearing that because I know that you're coaching people through this process, but I think it you're so unique in the sense that you're a franchisee, right? You are a franchise owner of two brands. And so you've got this duality in your responses. Love it, man. All right, what do you got? What's next?
0: Yeah, man, th- this is the one that's going to sound like common sense, but I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it. It still blows my mind to this day after like a decade in franchising. Follow the system. If you buy into a franchise, follow <laughs> the system. What? Uh, crazy, is, right? It's crazy idea. Right. But I've I've seen it far too many times where you know, someone comes in and, you know, they haven't even opened for business yet. And they're, you know, pushing back on what the franchisor is telling them to do, right? They're thinking that they have a better way to do it. Um, And there's, you know, a million different ways that this can, can transpire. And some are more subtle than others. But it's like, look, if you got to the point through the research and due diligence that you did to be comfortable signing an agreement for 10 years, and, you know, wiring a bunch of money to operate this business, like, follow it, right? And there's, there's balance to this, like there is in, in most things, right? I'm not saying, you know, once you're an established franchisee, never come to the table with any ideas, or never think outside of the box, right. or, you know, never try things that may enhance your business, but get to a certain point before you, you start worrying about any of that, like, learn the basics kind of almost follow blindly until you know enough to know you know what may or may not make sense to to think about tweaking in the business so yeah, man. like i said Love i know it. that sounds that that sounds basic but it happens way more you know than Well you than see you both sides of
1: it right so you're putting candidates into franchises and giving them this advice which is invaluable by the way by listening that's why, as a franchise brand, you want to work with consultant networks because they're helping align expectations for you as well. So it's part of the sales process, but they're also prepping really good franchise candidates for you. So I love it. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I'm sure you've heard of Cameron Harold, right? I mean, he's just a, mm-hmm. a big name in the industry, and he cut his teeth. I think his big, his he was what college, college pro painters or something. He college was the number pro one painters, franchise.
0: Yeah, and then one eight hundred got junk. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, I remember listening to him say that and he's like, you know, we always just did. I think his father told him, like, you're not good at creating stuff. You just just grab someone else's idea and go make money with it, which would turned him to franchising. So here he is in college and he becomes the number two franchisee at, at College Painters. And he's like, I did everything they said, like in the manual, it said buy yellow key rings i went and bought yellow key rings he's like so i was the number two he's like my sister became a franchisee after me she was the number one franchisee you know why She did exactly what the franchisor told you and this sounds like i'm i'm being defensive as a franchise or i'm not i'm just giving you the landscape of, of you know what he said is like the franchise spends a ton of time to create a vehicle that will make you successful do what they say. Like, you know, it's the most aligned business model I've ever seen where like, I get a royalty, which is a percentage of your top line revenue. I need you to be successful. I'm only giving you advice that will help you be successful. So run the play. And he described the ideal franchisee in that conversation as like, an. I think he called it like an entrepreneur. And it's, it's sort of this mm-hmm. interesting mix, like someone who's, willing to follow a system who kind of wants to be part of a system and be kind of on a team, if you will, doesn't want to do it alone. Um, You know, I've heard, uh, you know, a a franchise consultant that you work with say, you know, be in business for yourself, not by yourself. And I think that's a a Mm -hmm. good way to put it. Like, look, you want to be part of a system. You're not a maverick per se, but you recognize that you do want to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, right? And so you have enough risk tolerance to take on a project that you are ultimately responsible for, let's face it but you also don't want to be completely alone. You want the bandwidth and the community and all the good things that come with the franchise. So it's a unique individual, I think. I mean, you can't be too entrepreneurial to your point, or you'll try to recreate the wheel and you, but you do need that little bit of that spirit to have like risk tolerance. You know, we always call it our five core values. One of them is a competitive spirit. And it's like, why? It's like, well, you just gotta be wired to want to win. Right. It doesn't mean that you want to recreate the wheel. But I need you to be competitive in the way that you're going to go out. And let's say that there's some interesting marketing initiative that's very specific to your market. You'll take the initiative to build the thing right, and go do it, not necessarily turn to us and be like, hey, why don't you have a digital billboard play or something that might only work in that one strategic market? It's like, you know, understanding that we're working together to try to move this thing forward and if you need something done that's not in the bigger system right now because it's a bit of an outlier situation, just build it and go. And then maybe the franchise system adopts it. And maybe we build something that you take advantage of. And it's this sort of walking hand in hand for at least the next 10 years, you know, to move the ball down the field. And I thought that was a unique way to put it. but. To your point, you know, again, it seems so simple, but I think it's a really, really valid point. And I know you said that you met with like with your wife, you know, offline and you guys compared notes and came up like combined your top three. So it's interesting that you came up with one that was so obvious. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but it's because, you know, we've my wife and I have both seen it. Right. And we've been guilty of it at, at times and, and as franchisees in our businesses. And, you know, it's it's like anything else in life. Right. It's not, you know, owning a franchise is not going to be like static in the sense that like you you should be evolving as a business owner as your business evolves as well right so i think that you know definitely you know franchisees need to be very entrepreneurial but there there is such there are people out there that are just too entrepreneurial to to be comfortable operating within the boundaries of of a franchise system but i you know you want to be entrepreneurial it's just like That's that's probably not where you want to spend most of your time and energy in the first six to 12 to 18 months. Like figure out the business, get your feet underneath you, lay the foundation. Right. And these are the areas that, you know, the franchisor should really have figured out. And it's going to save you a ton of time, probably a ton of money and, you know, avoiding mistakes and, and pitfalls along the way you know, but once you're established, that's when you really want your franchisees to to be proactive, right? And to take the ball and run with it. Hey, I've got an idea. Instead of sitting around and waiting on corporate to do it for you, like, go try it, see if it works, and then report back, right? Um, And then you can collaborate with the franchisor, with other franchisees. I've seen plenty of examples, um, you know, where a franchisee, piloted something new in their market and two years later it's a standard best practice across the system right yeah even big marketing plays you know they come out of
1: food sometimes i mean like it it looks bad in in hindsight now but like jared from subway right um (laughs) you know that yeah like but (laughs) (laughs) like barring all the weird shit that came out of that eventually (laughs) <laughs> but early on it was like he was just a customer at a local franchisee and it became like wow this guy's using subway as a healthy choice to lose all this weight so uh, that became a national marketing campaign for them so that's really in the spirit of franchising what it should look like right
0: yeah yeah and that really ties into to kind of the last point you know that I was going to make is you know as a franchisee It's going to help you be more successful, but I also believe it is your responsibility to participate and collaborate amongst the rest of the system, right? You used the phrase earlier, I love this phrase, you know, when you buy into a franchise, you're in business for yourself, it's your business, it's your responsibility, but you're not in business by yourself, right? So don't be that guy or that girl that, you know, tries to just put their head down and operate in a silo. And not contribute at all right because one you're likely to not learn nearly as much as you would if you were making a conscious effort to you know develop relationships with other franchise owners and collaborate with them and you know communicate on a regular basis with the franchisor it's going to benefit you in in so many different ways but you know it's also your responsibility to to pay it forward right um you know, I have to get on to my wife about this a little bit. She never listens to any of my podcast stuff, so I feel pretty safe saying this. Um, I wouldn't say it in front of her, but um, I have to get on to her every now and then, right? Because like in, in our one franchise that we've you know had for coming up on five years, like she is looked at as a top performer, Right every franchisee wants time with her especially the new people coming in right she gets you know because of the numbers in the fdd and whatnot like as people are are researching that franchise like everyone wants to talk to to kelly and she got to a point and we've got young kids and stuff so like there's some excuse for this i guess but she was like you need to do all the validation calls i'm i'm so tired of you know just spending so much time on this and i'm like Look, that's fine, but you need to understand why it's important for you to make the time to do these calls because one, think back to all the people that have helped you, you know, along the way with with building the Shelf Genie business, right? Not even just the people that you, you know, maybe validated with before we signed the franchise agreements and how helpful being able to have those conversations were, but think about the people that have helped you, you know, when you were 1 month into the business six months into the business. Think about the guy you called last week and you know, ran an issue by and he's like, oh yeah, I've had that before. Here's how I handled it. To me, it's a responsibility um, and, and it's going to benefit you again. Like when it comes to spending time to validate, like I, I want to have some input in who's coming in as franchisees, right? Because kind of like we talked about earlier, if I do a validation call with someone from one of my brands and I think they're really strong, Like, I'm going to follow up with the franchise or and be like, hey, just so you know, I had a great conversation with them. They asked really good questions. I think they really get it. On the flip side of that, if I talk to someone and I really don't feel they get it, it's not now. Look, it's not my responsibility to say, hey, don't sell a franchise to them. That's not my place. Right. But I can share my feedback. Right. And say, hey, you may want to spend a little more time with this person and make sure they really understand you know what the expectations of them as a franchise owner are going to be if if they want to be successful right and why is that beneficial for me as a franchisee i mean we're in north carolina this could be someone on the other side of the country that i'm talking to but the better my brand does right the more successful franchisees that are running really good businesses the more valuable you know my local franchise businesses because as the brand grows the the value for everyone grows so I think these things are important. And we talked about, you know, how innovation can come from franchisees as well. So, you know, when the time is right, and I don't know that there's like a magic rule of like, all right, we have to be in business for at least 24 months before you can start thinking creatively and, and trying new things. But, you know, when the time is right, do, you know, push the boundaries a little bit. Do, you know, think outside of the box. Do bring new ideas to the table and some fresh perspectives because, that can really, really not only help your local business, but that can benefit the the entire franchise system as a whole. So um, you know, I think that's really important. I, I think a lot of people maybe really underestimate the value that comes from being part of a franchise system that's got a really strong culture amongst the franchisees, and this culture of you know, shared learning and collaboration and you know, what's the old saying, um, rising tide floats all boats, right? Right. Um, It's, you know, it's, it's to me, it's, it's one of the absolute most valuable things that you get for, for buying into a franchise. And, and it's really kind of up to the franchisor to to set the tone for what that culture is going to look like. But just like we've been talking about, right? Bicycle maker, bicycle rider. Ah, uh, the franchise or sorry, the franchisees have to keep the culture right, keep the tone that that the franchisor has set with the culture, and and keep building on it, right? If the franchisees don't participate, um, then you know doesn't really matter what the franchisor does or tries to do to to create a good culture. You know, it's it's got to be executed across you know all the franchisees. So, last thing on that is is you know anyone that I work with and and they go on to invest in a franchise. I do a little call with them. Um, you know, we celebrate a little bit, but you know, I give them some some real life advice too and and part of that is like, look, all right, think of it this is this is going to sound corny, but think of it as like you're starting middle school again, right? So, you need to go figure out who the cool kids are. You also kind of need to figure out who the losers are, right? And you need to surround yourself with the people that are going to build you up and inspire you and that you can learn from. Um, and then you need to be willing to, to to pay that forward, you know, once you're in a position to to help others as well. Um, because every, every franchise system is going to have franchise owners that are negative and, you know, probably not as successful as others. And and they're going to have a million reasons as to why that is. And very rarely are, are any of those reasons related to to them. Um, and so, you know, just don't, don't be one of those types of franchise owners. Like it, there will be crappy days. There will be hard times, but you know, you've got this network of other people out there that are building the same business that you're building, like lean into that, take advantage of that, contribute to that, uh, there's a lot of a lot of benefit that that comes from that.
1: Awesome. So reiterate those three just highlight points again for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So realistic expectations, right? You gotta do the work as a franchisee, right? Okay. Realistic um,
1: expectations.
0: Follow, follow the system. The system <laughs> I right? love that one. And, yep. And then just participate and contribute to the system. Got it. Awesome. There's there's, there's obviously other things that that we could talk about. I mean. And and I know we don't want to go too long on this, but, you know, one thing I, I will say is, you know, different types of franchises are going to require different levels of involvement from the franchise owner, right? So, you know, you mentioned this earlier, you know, Alloy's built to be a very turnkey business. And I know that, you know, a lot of your franchisees are, you know, kind of investor minded and, you know, looking for something that's more of an executive model, right, where they're not... You know they're not probably in the studio doing the training themselves, um, and and I think that's great, right? There's a lot of people out there that the the model that Alloy's running is is a beautiful thing for them, right? But just because it's designed to be more of this executive model, or you hear the terminology, you know, semi absentee, um, you know, used pretty often in franchising, it doesn't mean that you don't have to do the work and you don't have to. You know, have some level of involvement, right? And I think the more of that involvement, the more time you're willing to put in in the beginning, um, the the better of a foundation you're going to have for your business. You know, I, I kind of alluded at the the top of the uh, podcast that you know I feel like my wife and I have done really really good as franchisees in one business, and we've been kind of average in the other and. You know the other one we we started with you know this kind of executive model mindset right where we hired a general manager and you know we hired him before we opened he came to training with us and you know I think where we made some mistakes is you know we were more way more disengaged in the beginning than we should have been and so you know some of these things I just talked about in terms of like you know the franchisee has to you know, take the tools and resources that the the franchisor provides and implement them in their business. You know, we didn't, we didn't do enough, a good enough job, you know, doing that. And, you know, we've had to, to make some adjustments, um, you know, as a result of that. So just because it's an executive model, just because, you know, you're not looking at this as something necessarily that's going to be a full-time commitment for you, like, give it the attention and the energy that it deserves, especially in the beginning. And you're going to get far, far better results, you know, out of it long-term than, you know, if you, if you really just try to do it kind of hands off, I would say. Dude, I love it. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I just, you,
1: I mean, I'm. if you guys aren't watching this on YouTube, I'm just, I'm probably going to have like a, a neck injury by the end. Cause I'm just like <laughs> heavily nodding the entire time because like, yeah, man, you get it a hundred percent. So there you have it, folks. From a guy who has placed uh, thousands of people in franchise opportunities, he is a franchisee as well. Um, if you're not watching this, he's got a bicep vein popping out now. That's a new development for him because he's getting all lean and buff. So he's got he's a well, dad. My- he's a overall rock star, uh, West Barefoot. We appreciate you, brother.
0: My my shoulders gonna be sore tomorrow because I've been sitting here flexing the whole time. I was hoping you'd you'd pick up on that that bicep <laughs> vein. So um, yeah, I did. And the I, neck I had my daughter gave it away makeup to draw it on there. But um, no man. Hey, look, I always have a blast. Always have a blast chatting with you, Rick. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, you know, Alloy is a phenomenal brand. You guys are doing such a good job, and um, you know, appreciate the opportunity to share.
1: Amen. Anytime. It's invaluable. Thanks to listeners. I'm sure appreciate it. And, uh, we'll have you back on when you get down to your leanest buffet self. How about that? I look forward to it. All right, brother. Take it easy. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the alloy systems. Also leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.